The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Providing insight and resources for your spiritual journey. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Main Street Vegan with host Victoria Moran. Victoria is an author, inspirational speaker, and a certified holistic health counselor and vegan lifestyle coach. She's here to entertain, educate, and inspire you on your journey to look and feel amazing, eat extraordinary food, help animals, and create a physical body perfectly attuned to spiritual growth. Now, let's get this party started. Here is your host, Victoria Moran. Hey, everybody, and happy September 25th. This is our first show of the official autumn of 2013. And I don't know about you, but I actually believe that this September has been the fastest month ever in history. And I know people always say to me, well, you know, that's what happens when you get older. The time goes really fast, but I don't believe that that's all there is to it. I remember when my daughter Adair was about 12, One of her little friends came over. It was early December. And I said, so are you getting excited about the holidays? And her little friend, 12 years old, says to me, I guess so. But Christmas used to be more fun when it didn't come so often. So I honestly believe that the universe is speeding up or that we're just all so busy that time goes really fast quickly. But it is cool when the things that we're busy with are, at least for the most part, really cool stuff. And that certainly has been the way that it's been for me in the past week. I had the great privilege and pleasure of flying to Portland, Oregon, which has got to be one of the coolest cities on the planet. I mean, these Portland people just know how to put together a city that is beautiful and livable And isn't that big population-wise, but it feels like a big city because of all the stuff that's there, and yet it still has that wonderful humanity of not having just throngs and throngs of people everywhere. Very, very veg-friendly. 22 vegan restaurants and food courts within the city of Portland, and I was fortunate enough to go to three of them, a couple with the wonderful people of Northwest Veg, the organization that sponsors the Northwest Veg Fest, or some people call it the Portland Veg Fest that's been going on for nine years. They also have a cool add-on that happens on the Friday before the weekend conference, and that is a medical conference where physicians, dietitians, and nurses can get continuing education credits for listening to wonderful plant-based experts. So Dr. John McDougall was there, uh, Dr. Hans Deal of the CHIP program, that's a heart disease prevention and reversal program through Adventist Health Services. 
There was Susan Levin of Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine. And one of my favorite dietitians in the whole world, we're actually having one of my other favorite dietitians in the whole world on as one of our guests today, but Brenda Davis, who's the author of, uh, co-author of Becoming Vegan and Becoming Raw, was a wonderful speaker. And oh boy, did she just put the screws to those paleo people. Through solid anthropological research, she could just cite chapter and verse why, number one, paleo people didn't eat what today's paleo people are eating. And this has actually been researched both by looking at bones and fossils, but also by studying those few groups that are left who really are hunter-gatherers. And what we see is that they're really more gatherer-hunters. And they're certainly not eating the amount of meat and the way that all of our friends over at the gym who say that they're paleo are doing. Now, speaking of the gym, I also got to see a large number of those plant-built people. You know, the team we've talked about so much that aced that bodybuilding and, and figure competition contest in Dallas. I mean, in Austin, I'm sorry, uh, back in July. It was really, really fun to see them all and meet them. And it was also interesting to see the film of them competing when, you know, they're great big and all chiseled and they've got that spray tan stuff on because that's just the nature of that particular sport but kind of scary if you're not really into that sport. And then I got to see them in real life. And in real life, they're just gorgeous. They just look really, really good and and fit and happy and, and toned. And one of the women, Pam, is in the master's level. She is 40, I believe she said 48 years old. If she's not 48 and she's more like 43 or something, she'll kill me. But anyway, she's 40 something, but she looks 20 something. And it was very wonderful to see that there is really no time limit to how healthy that we can be when we go vegan and eat whole foods and think good thoughts and get up in the morning and get to the gym. That seems to be the recipe for life on earth. Speaking of recipes, or rather speaking of food, at all these festivals, there are lots of tables and people with their regional and their homemade and their new startup kinds of of companies, lots of fun things to sample and taste and try. And I don't think in the whole time that I've had the show, I have ever shared with you one of the items that I tested and tasted and tried And I want to share this with you because it's just so great. Now, full disclosure, I do not work for these people. I don't work for anybody. Sometimes I do spokesperson work for a company, but right now I'm not doing any of that. So nobody's paying me. These people are not paying me. I am just sharing with you the best bread I ever tasted. Now, this happens to be gluten-free bread. Now, Gluten-free is an interesting issue. We know that 1% of the people are seriously celiac. That means they cannot eat gluten. It makes them very, very sick. But there are other people who are kind of sensitive to it. And it's a little bit of a thorn in the side of vegans because so many of the great vegan foods, particularly the meat-like meat substitutes, have pure gluten in them, wheat, gluten, seitan. And it's a great protein source and it's very meaty and and the texture is like meat and it's all tasty. And so it's kind of annoying to some vegans that a lot of people just say gluten just doesn't seem to agree with them. And I have to admit that I'm one of those people. I've been tested for celiac. I do not have that. But I just don't feel good when I eat very much gluten. Yeah, you know, I'll have pasta twice a year, but basically I stay away from it. And yet I also stay away from most of these gluten-free products because they're largely made out of all kinds of really nasty stuff. It's refined rice flour and potato starch and, you know, just stuff that's very, very processed. So you can imagine my delight when I tasted three kinds of bread from a little tiny company out there in Oregon called Happy Campers Gluten-Free. And I had the Happy Campers bread 
They have one that's kind of uh, rich and, and grainy. It might have some nuts in it, but it's it's like the hearty line. And then I tasted one that's just standard. It just tastes like really good, but kind of soft, you know, not that super like, oh, my God, that's health food. And then another one that's flavored with rosemary, such, such good breads. So if you're somebody looking for really good bread, they ship all over the country. Their shipping charges are really low. Just check them out. Their website is Happy Campers GF, that's GF like gluten free, dot com. I have already decided that when the next Main Street Vegan, Vegan Academy happens, and we're going to finish up on a Wednesday just before I do a show and not going to be able to go out for lunch. So I'm going to send everybody to the airport with a wonderful packaged lunch that's going to have sandwiches in it. And so many people are gluten-free. We never have that for the Academy. But now that there's a really good gluten-free bread, and, and you might be thinking, what's it made out of? It is made primarily out of ground-up seeds. And I know that just sounds like, oh, yeah, my kids will love that one. You can't tell it from really, really good bread. So I'm excited. I'm always excited when I find food or clothing or cosmetics or something fabulous that makes me happy. So just to share, and guess what else is making me happy? My guests today, my guests today coming up after the break are Ginny Messina, registered dietitian, and J.L. Fields, vegan lifestyle coach and educator. They are the authors of a terrific new book called Vegan for Her, but guys can listen to. Stay with us. You're listening to Unity Online Radio. This programming is made possible through the generous love offerings of listeners like you. If you feel spiritually fed by this programming, we invite you to contribute. Go to www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. What if you could experience vibrant health, help heal the planet, and be a great friend to God's animal kingdom through simple choices you make at breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Authors Victoria and Adair Moran say you can do this easily, affordably, and deliciously in their new book, Main Street Vegan. Everything you need to know to eat healthfully and live compassionately in a real world. Loaded with practical tips, straightforward information, and fabulous recipes, Main Street Vegan will help you on your journey toward a plant-based diet. The perks include more energy, an easy way to keep your weight where you want it, feeling younger as you grow older, and maybe even a boost to your spiritual life. Purchase Main Street Vegan from BN.com. Amazon.com or your favorite bookseller. What if you were intentional about your life, committed to having more energy and being more vibrant? Join Reverend Temple Hayes, spiritual leader of First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, as she guides you on a journey to an intentional and energetic life. Empower your life and fully express the wondrous energy, love, and joy you hold in your wildest imagining. Joyfully and actively know that more important than what happens after you die is the deeper and enriching concern for what happens while you're living. How can you experience an incredible life right now? Learn how each week on The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being, Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Central Time, right here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
listening to Main Street Vegan with Victoria Moran. If you have questions or comments about today's topic or any other area of interest, we invite you to follow Victoria underscore Moran on Twitter or email her at MainStreetVegan at UnityOnlineRadio.org. Now, back to Main Street Vegan. Everybody, thanks for being with us today. You know you can join this conversation if you happen to be listening live on a Wednesday afternoon. The toll-free number is 888-558-6489. If you have questions for registered dietitian Ginny Messina or vegan lifestyle coach and educator J.L. Fields, now, I'm going to tell you a little bit about each of these women. First to say, they are among my top 10 favorite people on the planet. I mean, they really seriously are. So this is such a treat for me. Ginny Messina is a dietitian who writes and speaks about vegan diets for both the public and for health professionals. She is the co-author of Vegan for Life and Vegan for Her, and has also co-authored the textbook, the Dietitian's Guide to Vegetarian Diets. She's published articles in peer-reviewed medical journals, and in addition to her work in vegan nutrition, she empowers vegan activists worldwide by funding and supporting outreach activities through Veg Fund, on which she serves on the board of directors. Her sidekick, and mine too, I actually saw this woman in Portland. It was such a surprise. She didn't tell me she would be there. So that was really fun. And that is J.L. Fields. She's a vegan cook, lifestyle coach, and educator certified by Main Street Vegan Academy. She provides in-person vegan cooking services, lifestyle coaching, and classes in Colorado Springs and the surrounding area, as well as Skype and phone coaching throughout the universe. She is the plant-based team leader for Attuned Foods and the education coordinator for Nourish Organic Juice. And these women know so much and they have expressed what they know so beautifully in their new book, Vegan for Her, The Woman's Guide to Being Healthy and Fit on a Plant-Based Diet. Welcome, both of you guys. Oh, thank you. It's so great to be here. Well, Thank it is you. just wonderful. This is the second best thing to just sitting around a table having some tea and raw <laughs> cookies. So, I know. I'm so, I'm so jealous that you two got to see each other last weekend. It sounds like it was wonderful. It was wonderful. And in the hotel restaurant, they had really lovely ramen noodles, rice ramen noodles, not those cheap grocery store kind of ramen noodles, but beautiful homemade ramen noodles with every kind of vegetable. It was just as if they'd known we were coming. And yeah, soy well, curls, port- Victoria. Let's not forget the soy curls in that ramen dish. <laughs> Never <laughs> forget the soy curls. <laughs> that sounds like a tweet. Never forget the soy curls. Uh, Winston Churchill paraphrased. So... How, why a book on vegan diet for women? Are we all that different? Well, you know, this is a book that um, that really grew out of the kinds of questions that I get from my blog readers at, at TheVeganRD.com. And over the years, I've heard from so many women who have questions about bone health and weight management and breast cancer, for example. So I wanted to write a book that looks specifically at how women's health concerns can be addressed within the context of a compassionate diet, a vegan diet. So the book addresses issues like breast cancer and fertility that are unique to women and and also other issues like osteoporosis, migraine headaches, depression that are more common among women. And I also wanted it to be a practical guide and one that recognizes the scope of veganism, which is why I asked JL to provide not just the recipes, but also a chapter on taking veganism beyond the plate. And what does that mean, taking veganism beyond the plate? Well, when, when Jenny, uh, you know, I was a big fan of Vegan for Life, you know, and so that was, I always call it when I do my coaching, I always said that my two sort of Bibles were Vegan for Life and Main Street Vegan. And now I have a third one, obviously Vegan for Her. But um, when Jenny was doing this, she really knew that for a lot of women who start their journey um, on a plant-based diet and in veganism that it often, you know, the more we know, the more we know and the more we want to do. And so she really envisioned an, an, an invitation 
to people on the journey if they wanted to take this beyond food and to really think about the root of what veganism is and that this is about animals and the environment and that there are ways to get involved beyond just what we're eating and cooking. And so she asked me to write a chapter that included just tips on vegan lifestyle, um, health care, you know, health and beauty items, ways to get involved, volunteering in the community and making a difference for animals. And so that was um, a real privilege to get to write that chapter. And vegan well, fashion too. And vegan fashion, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, that is very important for those of us who had to wear those Chinese cloth shoes for all those years. <laughs> Only people who have been vegetarian for a long time will know about Chinese cloth shoes that had no sole and that put the podiatrist on your speed dial. But things have changed a lot for, for the chic and for the better. So... You guys, and I would say particularly you, Jenny, as I have heard you lecture, you have a different way of presenting the the health and dietary aspects of veganism than a lot of the people who come from a similar scientific background. What sets you apart? Well, I think that what sets me apart is that, you know, for one thing, my outreach is is a little bit different. I am not really involved in doing vegan outreach and convincing people to go vegan. My work focuses mostly on people who are already vegan or who have decided to start taking steps towards veganism. And, you know, I'm an ethical vegan. I'm an animal rights activist. I envision a vegan world. And so we're not going to have that if vegans aren't healthy, if vegans are, are not making optimal food choices. So I really want vegans to be as healthy as possible. And sometimes that means that we need to micromanage a little bit and give some specific attention to some of our dietary choices. It means that we need to take some supplements like vitamin B12. Um, and, you know, I think that sometimes vegans don't want to talk about that because it makes it seem like veganism is, is too hard. It's not hard at all. I mean, these are really little things. They're really easy to do, but we need to know how to do them. So I do talk about that. I talk about what we need to know in order to plan diets that are going to meet nutrient needs. And um, I also talk a, a lot about, um, you know, vegan diets that are going to reduce risk for chronic disease and the fact that we don't need to eat really, really restrictive vegan diets in order to do that. So, yeah, my, my focus is a little bit different. My perspective is a little bit different. Well, I think I've heard you say, and let, let me if I'm saying this wrong or, or asking this in a wrong way, then by all means, correct me. But I've heard you say that people really need to get an understanding of the whole reason for being vegan, that just doing it for some sort of health benefit may not work out. Did I hear you wrong? Um, well, you know, I think I, people who choose to eat a vegan diet for, for their health, you know, and certainly, you know, some people who have heart disease or diabetes might choose a, a vegan diet as a very effective way of, um, of turning those conditions around. So, and, and I think that, um, you know, I, I don't think that that's a bad reason to go vegan at all. I think that sometimes when, um, when, when people are doing that, when that's their main reason for going vegan, they get caught up in very restrictive versions of, of vegan diets. Um, their diet might be too low in fat. It might be too low in protein because they're, because they're omitting higher fat foods and higher protein foods. And then, um, they can end up running the risk of just not feeling well, of, um, you know, of developing nutrient deficiencies. So I want people to, to be careful about that. And, um, and I certainly, you know, the, the, again, you know, JL wrote the chapter in our book about, about taking veganism beyond the plate. If we envision a world that um, brings justice to all animals, of course, just eating a vegan diet isn't going to do it. We need to um, take our veganism beyond nutrition, beyond diet. And so I think that um, when we're really looking at the impact that veganism can have, we need to consider the ethical aspect of it and, and the importance of, um, of animal rights and, and of you know, removing our contribution to the exploitation of animals. 
Well, bravo for that. And JL, jump in anytime. Listeners, jump in anytime. 888-558-6489 is the toll-free number. Got a couple of more questions for, for Ginny, and then I'll jump over to JL. You mentioned supplementation with B12. There is another group in this country, in addition to vegans, who are supposed to supplement with B12, and you have the most memorable way of talking about that. Do you know what I'm asking? Well, I think you're asking about people over the age of 50. Yes. Um, yeah, and, and, you know, it's such an interesting point, and it's so important because we, of, you know, we often think of... Um, we often think of B12 as being the vegan issue, and it's and it's only important for vegans, but it's not. Um, the Institute of Medicine, which is the the government organization that establishes nutrient recommendations for Americans, they say that all people over the age of fifty need to take vitamin B12 supplements, and that's because as we age, and I'm over fifty. Um, our ability to digest and absorb vitamin B12 from animal foods decreases with aging, changes in our intestines and our digestion. And so as a result of that, people who are depending on animal foods for vitamin B12 run the risk of a deficiency. And I think that that's a really important point because what we hear all the time is, oh, you know, vegan diets... They're not natural if you have to take a vitamin B12 supplement. And my response to that is that that would also mean that it's not natural to live beyond the age of 50. And um, I'm still going strong beyond 50 and, and intend to hang around a, a lot longer. So I, um, I think that that's a really important comparison to make and a really important way of looking at vitamin B12. That's great. And it's a great soundbite answer. For people who, who are getting that, you know, new vegans and others, you know, where do you get your protein? Where do you get your calcium? And why do you have to take that B12? So right. response. So there was one other thing you said before we go over to the brilliant JL Fields, and that is you mentioned that sometimes people go vegan and they also have a very low-fat diet. Now, I know a lot of our vegan experts, and I have respect for all of our vegan experts. I think they're changing the world. Some of them are adamantly opposed to the fact that I have a bottle of olive oil in my kitchen. Are you adamantly opposed? No, I am not adamantly opposed. And um, actually, that was one of the reasons that I that I um, asked JL to work on on this book. It was one of one of many reasons. Uh, you know, I admire her so much for for all of the work that she does. But I knew that she wasn't afraid of fat, and I knew that she would in, include some some oils and some higher fat foods like nuts and seeds in the recipes that she developed for the book. Because you know, low fat and low carb are really those are old-fashioned ways of looking at diet. It's really the type of carbohydrates and the type of fats you eat that matters the most. Um, that's only true within reason. You're not going to be healthy if you're glugging down that bottle of, of olive oil all day long. But at the same time, eating a very low-fat diet is probably not ideal either. Um, and moderate amounts of nuts and seeds and avocado and vegetable oils are good fits to healthy eating, and we've just got piles and piles of research that show that um, that those foods can be beneficial in a healthy plant-based diet. So when we're eating protein and carbohydrates and fats from whole plant foods, um, the ratio starts to be a lot less important. It's choosing the right kinds of these foods, and when you're getting them from plants, you don't need to worry about it because fats from plants are, are good for you. And I think that keeps some people in the fold. I think it does too. And I think that that's really important. Um, you know, we see so many people who are avoiding all kinds of fats on their vegan diet and they're not happy with their vegan diet. They're, you know, they feel like something is missing. You know, they, they feel like it's too restrictive. And if they just add a little bit of plant fat back to their diet, they might feel a lot happier with that diet, and they're not making it any less healthy. It's still a healthy diet. Well, that's really good to know. In one way, I'm happy that I'm not a scientist, that I know wonderful people with scientific backgrounds like yours, but that I can just be an observer of life and of my own body. And one thing I find, I've, I've done the completely no oil, almost no fat thing from time to time in my 30 years of being vegan. 
And one of the things I notice is I get so cold. I get cold anyway. That's just kind of my type. I mean, even when I used to be obese, I would get cold. And without any of the fat, I just uh, cannot be happy in the winter time. So yeah. glad to know that there's somebody I admire and respect who is saying, that's okay, put a little peanut butter or have some pistachios. I love how you call pistachios and um, what's the quinoa. other thing? Peanuts. Quinoa. Honorary yeah. legumes. <laughs> right, because they have a protein and amino acid profile that's very close to beans. And so for people who are not big bean eaters, um, they can, can be eating things like uh, quinoa and pistachios to get to get some of their, their protein. And that's a, a nice option for those who are anti-beans. Some people don't love them. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm just so happy to know that. Well, let's just skip over to your amazing co-author, recipe creator, J.L. Fields. How are you doing out there in Colorado, J.L.? I'm great. It's a beautiful, sunny day here. Well, it's probably sunny a lot of the time, as I recall, (laughs) Colorado. (laughs) Um, You have maybe created the term multivore, a multivore home. What does that mean? Well, um, actually, you know, I read a lot of vegan blogs. When I went vegan, I needed help and I started reading blogs. And I think it was my friend Lauren, maybe the first time I ever heard multivore from the vegan asana. But for me, the reason I was attracted to that term was because I had been vegetarian for um, eight years before going vegan and my husband is not. And so, um, you know, to me, a multivore home is a home in which you have a lot of people potentially who are eating different ways. And um, it's a way to kind of describe to my blog readers um, the the household I live in. Because I think sometimes people think, oh, if you're vegan, you're living the perfect vegan lifestyle. Everyone around you is vegan. Your whole family's vegan. Everything you do is vegan. And it's just not how the journey works, you know? And so I like using that term to remind people that many of us have a lot of different kinds of folks around us living different lifestyles or eating different diets. Oh, it's very helpful. I was telling you the story of the last time we did Main Street Vegan Academy. My stepdaughter had been staying with us, and one of the Academy people opened the refrigerator to pull out a bag of Daya cheese to sprinkle in the salad, and she accidentally pulled out a bag of cheese that my stepdaughter had left here, shredded cheese that was cow (laughs) cheese. And she looked at me like she was incredibly embarrassed for me, like she had caught me, you know, out with another man or something. Right. And, you know, I said, you know, I told her why it was there, but it, it was interesting. And I loved how you said, no, it, it was probably good because she probably has some of that in her refrigerator too. Yeah. And when- well, and you know what I think is great about it, Victoria, is that, you know, so people like you're Victoria Moran, you know, you, you have written all these books and you've got a Main Street Vegan Academy and you're training this group of people to go out and help other people on the journey. And you have dairy cheese in your refrigerator because guess what? That's life. You know, it's just not about perfection. We have other people in our lives. And what a great message to send out to those you know, future lifestyle, vegan lifestyle educators to remind them of who they are and who they're working with and to be gentle on themselves. You know, this is definitely, you know, we're all on a path. We're not there yet. Yeah. Well, I feel that with with you and with Jenny and with Vegan for Her, it is very gentle and also packed with information. Anybody listening who has not yet ordered Vegan for Her, The Woman's Guide to Being Healthy and Fit on a Plant-Based Diet, please, please do. This is the kind of book that you'll keep on your bookshelf after you inhale it the first time. It'll be there for for reference for years to come. So JL, when a woman is living with a spouse or children or both who aren't vegan, what's your advice? Yeah, uh, well, I think it goes back to gentleness. You know what I um, say to people is, that, you know, everyone has a different situation. Like in my situation, it's my husband and I. So there are, there are not children involved. And, um, you know, I, I was lucky that when I went vegetarian, my husband was actually the primary cook in the house. And he, I let him know I was in Africa when I went vegetarian, uh, had a traumatic event and called him and said, I'm vegetarian. And he learned how to cook vegetarian for me and did that for many 
20 years. And then when I went vegan, I'm like, oh my gosh, this might just be pushing it a little bit. So I decided it was time for me to pull up my big girl pants and learn how to cook. So, um, so I, you know, did that, but he and I, we set boundaries and the boundaries for me were, um, I don't want to buy animal products and I don't want to cook them. So if you want them, this is our home. We live here together. And so we need to be respectful. It's all on you. And he completely agreed with that. And so that was the, that was the arrangement and the agreement we came to. And, um, you know, when we got married, I wasn't vegetarian. I wasn't even close. I was, I was a pack a day smoker. I was a whole other person when we got married and he didn't, leave me or resent me for the changes over my years. And I, I felt like I needed to do the same. And so we came up with that boundary. And so when I work with clients, you know, I talk to them about what's happening in their household. How old are their children? Can they be a part of it? Is there a way to that maybe everyone can get in it together to say, okay, everyone loves sloppy joes, or maybe they buy that manwich sauce and, and put it on ground beef. How fun if everyone together tried to find a creative way that gives them something they're familiar with, but but is more compassionate and it's made with plants. Maybe it's some mushrooms, maybe it's some TVP, texturized vegetarian protein and making it kind of a fun challenge with the kids. Or like I said, if, if anything else, just to be really honest and to say, here's where my boundaries are and and this is how I would like to be respected. And I understand that you're not there yet. So can we negotiate this out and figure out how we can all feel comfortable with this arrangement? Wow. You should be negotiating in the UN. <laughs> <laughs> Peace on earth, JL Field style. We are just about to take a break, but we will be back with Virginia Messina, MPHRD, and JL Fields, authors of the delicious and fabulous Vegan for Her. We'll be right back. Now and then, life is challenging. I may not welcome challenge itself, but I welcome the opportunity to learn from whatever arises, to grow in understanding, to flex my spiritual muscles. Every day is a new day, a fresh start. No situation or circumstance can hold me back. My life is not only about what's happening to me, it's also what's happening through me. The Christ within is my source of unlimited wisdom and creativity. I do my best when I respond to any challenge from my Christ nature rather than reacting impulsively from my human nature. Every day I pursue what enriches me, enjoying the journey to my goals as much as the destination. This inspirational message is brought to you by Daily Word. Daily Word. Inspiration and practical teachings to help people of all faiths live healthy, prosperous, and meaningful lives. Give Daily Word to yourself or a friend and give the gift of hope, joy, peace, and encouragement. Order your subscriptions today online at dailyword.com. God is formless, yet takes many forms. What goes around comes around. Chant the name of the Lord and be free. No one comes to the Father except through me. Ever been confused by the variety and apparent contradiction within world religions? Join Reverend Paul John Roach every Tuesday for insight into those principles held in common by all the great religious traditions in world spirituality, exploring the unity within all cultures and faith traditions. Using discussions, interviews, humor, insight, and Practical advice, we will clarify the confusion and reveal simple yet profound truths. Call in with your questions and ideas and help break down the barriers that separate us from one another. That's World Spirituality with Paul John Roach, Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in for Main Street Vegan. Here is your host, Victoria Moran. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Main Street Vegan. I just learned during the break that JL has some news about her husband. What might that be? Well, I do. It's proof that if you are kind and gentle and respectful to people, that they actually come along on their own journey. Um, just like I said that, you know, I didn't, uh, no one brought me to veganism. I had to get there. We recently bought a new home. And the day that we went under contract, my husband said to me, I've decided that I will be vegetarian at home. 
And that was completely unprompted. And I never want to, you know, miss an opportunity said, that's great. Can we make a deal? And that anybody, whenever anyone visits us, we only serve vegan food so they can see how wonderful it is. And he's like, great idea. So I'm happy to say I live in a vegetarian home and you never know, could be vegan soon. Whoa, that is really wonderful. Congratulations. Well, yay, Dave. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Jenny, I want to ask you about the new food guide, the plant plate. And, And what is it and how does it help vegans? Well, the plant plate is the is the food guide that we included in Vegan for Her, and it was you know it was developed for women, but it's really actually appropriate for all vegans. I was kind of, I was kind of inspired by the USDA food guide, which is called My Plate, but of course I wanted to create a healthier and kinder version of that graphic. So the plant plate highlights foods that are important in vegan diets, legumes, whole grains, fruits, vegetables, nuts, and seeds. Um, and, I, and a unique feature of it is that it highlights the best sources of calcium in each of those food groups. And I think that calcium is a nutrient that often gets overlooked in vegan food guides. I think there's this, this belief out there that if you eat a variety of whole plant foods, you'll automatically get enough calcium. But it's actually one of those nutrients that we need to pay attention to a little bit. So I wanted to emphasize the fact that it's important, but I also wanted to emphasize that it's abundant in plant foods. So the rim of the plant plate is is dedicated to showing which foods in each group are rich in calcium, and that's that's kind of a I think that that's a unique feature of this food guide of, among vegan food guides. Cool. I love guides. <laughs> I like little graphs. <laughs> Not some of those government graphics. Remember when they did that weird thing with the steps? Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> on the pyramid, I don't know. yeah. Yeah. I don't know what a person would eat on that thing. I know. And this one is besides being besides being uh vegan and you know compassionate and healthy, it's also really pretty. Um it is. so that's a, that's a, a fun aspect of this food guide. And this is why vegan for her is important. Women need some different things. We we have a a systemic need for pretty and and it's just good to have somebody understanding that. In addition to this wonderful book, everybody, there's also a website, veganforher.com, and you can check that out. Now, Jenny, when people think about women and food, the first thing that comes up is, will I lose weight? Will I lose weight? How many calories does it have? Will I lose weight? Will I lose weight? Will you lose weight when you go vegan? Yeah, that's that's the big question. And, of course, some women do lose weight when they go vegan. It really, you know, if they were eating a, a terrible diet beforehand um, and they switch to a healthy vegan diet that's a little bit lower in calories, they, they might very well lose weight. But it's certainly not true for everyone. And I, and, I wor- and I worry that this idea that a vegan diet is a weight loss diet can set veganism, veganism up for failure. Because if you're focusing on personal appearance or body size, then veganism might work or it might not. Um, but when we approach veganism as a compassionate and healthy way to eat, the focus shifts towards things that are much more within our control. So eating a vegan diet removes our participation from the exploitation of animals, and it always delivers on that promise. For women who are struggling with long-term weight management, um, building a diet around more healthy plant foods, getting rid of saturated fat and refined carbs can improve your health at any body size. So there are huge wins for women who go vegan, whether or not they lose weight. And while I do talk in Vegan for Her about food choices that help reduce hunger and improve weight control efforts, my real focus is on making responsible food choices and feeling good about all of those benefits. And the benefits are for your own health and for animals. You don't have to be any particular size to reap those benefits. So, yeah, some people might lose weight on a vegan diet, but if you don't, you are still choosing the best way to eat, and the, and the, the payoff, the, the benefits are just phenomenal. Now, let me ask you something else, because my, in my experience, and you know I did lose weight when, when I went vegan, back then, anybody who was able to do it if they had extra weight, they lost weight because basically you had to eat vegetables, fruits, beans, whole grains that hadn't been turned into anything very delicious 
and nuts and seeds. If you even wanted soy milk, you had to order this powder from some guy in Ohio and trust that it was really soy milk. So do you think that there's some connection between the fact that weight is more of an issue for 2013 vegans than it was for 1983 vegans because we have all this wealth of wonderful foods? Well, I think that that's, you know, I think that that's probably true whether, whether people are vegan or not. We, you know, we all have access to lots and lots of cheap, high-calorie foods. Vegan high-calorie foods tend to not be as cheap. You know, our special foods sometimes aren't, but, um, and that might be an advantage for us. But I don't know that, um, that vegans from 20 years ago were any more likely to lose weight when they went vegan than, than they are today because, because weight control is so complex um, and diet is so complex. So I think that we just really don't have all the answers to that. And even people who go vegan and do eat a very streamlined version of a vegan diet without any of these extras, many of those people still have problems or, you know, struggle with controlling their weight. So there are no easy answers, uh, answers about this. And, and that's why I just, you know, I love to keep the focus on the wonderful health attributes of, of veganism, um, the wonderful social justice attributes of it, because those are, those are the guarantees. And, um, and, and the other things are, are you know, uh, we just don't know. It's just too complicated. Mm. Well, this is why I admire you so much, because there may not be an easy answer to a question like this, but there are honest answers, and I can always count on you for one of those. So in addition to the book, the website, Vegan for Her, you can follow both of these wonderful women on Twitter. Jenny Messina is at the vegan RD, and JL Fields is at JL Goes Vegan, which is also one of her blogs. You guys both blog. <laughs> you seem to have a way to uh, stretch a 24 hour day. JL, let's talk about the transition. Is it hard to go vegan? And if somebody is brand new or just about to go vegan, what kind of advice do you offer? Great question. I will tell you that for me personally, transitioning from vegetarian to vegan was not difficult, but I had been vegetarian for eight years. What's interesting is, you know, I just moved to Colorado Springs um, at the end of last year and started teaching vegan lifestyle classes here. And so far, they have all sold out. And do you know that the people who are coming really aren't all that interested in being vegan, um, or at least not when they walk in? What they're concerned about is their health, um, possibly their weight, a lot around environment, and they just don't know what to do. So what I think is that so many of us grew up, including me, grew up with plates in front of us that were sort of built around a piece of meat. And then everything else came around that plate. You know, I grew up in Iowa. And so for some people, they literally do not know how to rethink that plate, which is why I love Jenny's plant plate so much, because it just really breaks it down. And so when I'm working with folks who are making that transition, you know, I just talk to them about rethinking what that plate looks like. And then not just telling them what foods they could eat, but talking with them about how to do that. That's the other thing. You know, we live in a, a culture now where people really aren't in the kitchen as much as they used to be. And so, you know, they think, well, can I get this at a restaurant or how do I do this at home? And I think sometimes people just want to know really simple ways to eat plant foods that it's just not something that they've been eating. And, and that's why I think Jenny came to me to do the recipe section of this book was because you're not getting anything terribly fancy from me. What you're getting is a woman who figured out finally in her 40s she better cook if she was going to be eating plants. And I wanted to share really simple ways to do that. And, you know, I also talk to people. It's funny, kind of, um, I'm sure you've both heard this, you know, that some people in the vegan community are sort of anti-mock meat. And if you could see me, those were quotation marks with my fingers with the mock meat. And saying that vegans don't need that. And you know what I say? Who cares? If people need to have something familiar, I mean, we grew up with, you know, food as part of our culture and our history and our community and our family. And if we want to feel like we're sitting down and, and, and in commune with our family and I'm eating a smart dog made out of tofu, well, who cares? You know, I mean, I want people to be empowered to rethink what their plate looks like and to introduce them to, you know, that kale isn't just that green leafy thing on the Denny's buffet that looked like it was garnish but it's actually something delicious to eat. But it's okay to be wherever you are 
Um, and that if you need some transition foods to do that, you know, like a mock meat or a tofu dog or a Boca burger, that's great. There's nothing wrong with that. And you're going to get to learn really, you know, fun, creative ways to make quinoa or beans um, and rethink things. So I just, you know, my approach is always just gentle, not judgmental and meet people where they are. Most people just genuinely have questions. Wow. Your clients are so lucky. (laughs) I can just feel the stress being lifted from shoulders. Now, you guys also have a community for vegan women. What's that about? Well, Jenny really wanted to see um, a website connected with our book. And because I love doing things like this, um, we dove in and we set up vegan for her. But we made sure that it wasn't a blog. That really wasn't the point. What we wanted was something that could augment um, the material in Vegan for Her, but then also to continue the conversation for women and understanding that women are in a variety of places, whether it's their age, where they are in their lifespan, or where they are in their vegan journey. And so what we do is we provide new content on Vegan for Her. But more importantly, rather than doing it blog like where people can you know, sort of comment to articles that we put up, we set up a forum so that people could engage in conversation with one another so that not only were they talking with Jenny and I about some of their questions or their own experiences, but with one another. And it's just growing. Like every day people are joining it, which is really exciting. And um, with Jenny's permission, I'm going to give a mini announcement This is exclusive to Victoria Moran and the Main Street (laughs) Vegan Radio. But Jenny and I are going to start a new project called Vegan for Her TV, which will be a web-based sort of talk show with Jenny and I where we are going to tackle the questions that our readers and our our veganforher.com website followers have for us. And so we're super excited to take this engagement to a different level. Oh, that's going to be so fun. Yeah, yeah. I, some... I always okay. wanted to be a TV star, so I'm I'm glad that uh, glad that I met <laughs> JL. She's going to make all my dreams come true. Well, that is that is just terrific because um, you know a lot of people's dreams are coming true. It seems that mm. I don't know the universe kind of seems partial to people who are trying to make the world better. I see this in all kinds of ways. Now, some people, however, let's just switch to something kind of serious and maybe not so fun, but it's certainly something that people have to deal with. A lot of women are depressed, statistically more than men. And you say, Jenny, that there's a connection of diet and depression. Can we actually eat to be happier? Yeah, and I did, and I did include a, a whole chapter on on depression and stress in the book because it is a much more prevalent problem for women at starting at at about puberty. Um, we see a, a, a change in the the rates of depression in boys and girls. Uh, girls are are much more likely to be depressed, and it stays that way throughout the lifespan. So, it's it's a real problem, and it seems that there is some link between chronic inflammation, which is related to diet, and depression. And that exact relationship isn't quite clear, but we know, for example, and I think this is really interesting, that anti-inflammatory medication like aspirin can actually improve the effects of antidepressant drugs. And certain practices that help to relieve depression like meditation, exercise, getting adequate rest, those are all associated with reductions in inflammation. So this suggests that anything that can reduce inflammation is is likely to help with depression, and that would include diet. And vegan diets are associated with less inflammation. So this isn't to suggest that a healthy vegan diet is a cure for clinical depression. That would be way too simplistic. But it's just to say that it could be one more tool to help people feel better who are struggling with depression. And then at the same time, of course, vegans need to make sure that they're getting adequate vitamin B12, vitamin D, omega-3 fats, because um, falling short on any of those nutrients could also make depression worse. So I, I talk about that a little bit too in the chapter. But basically, Basically, any diet that, that reduces inflammation, and, and we have good reason to think that a vegan diet does that, um, could, you know, could, be, could be an important factor in helping people to deal with depression. Ah, oh, that's wonderful. And there was one study that suggested that vegetarians had less depression than omnivores. Isn't that correct? 
Yes, there was. In, in Seventh-day Adventists, there was a, a, a study that showed vegetarians to be less depressed. So maybe that's uh-huh. one of the reasons. Maybe so. Well, I think anybody would be maybe not less depressed in a clinical sense, but more happy yeah. <laughs> than read vegan for her. Seriously, <laughs> you know, I don't have anybody on this show who's written a book that I think is bad, but every now and then a book crosses my desk that I am just thrilled about. And I'm thrilled about this one, Vegan for Her, The Woman's Guide to Being Healthy and Fit on a Plant-Based Diet. This is by Virginia Messina, MPHRD, and J.L. Fields, vegan lifestyle coach and educator, one of my prize star graduates of Mainstream <laughs> Vegan Academy. You can find these ladies at veganforher.com. Do find them. Do yourself a favor. They will be great friends and great guides on your vegan journey and great friends. I have certainly found that. Please be back with us next week, same time, when our guest will be Colleen Patrick Goudreau, who's just a wonderful vegan and one of those people that talks about being a happy vegan. Wahoo! Thanks, Jenny. <laughs> Thanks, JL. Thank you, and Victoria. all Victoria. you guys listening, God bless you and eat your veggies. Bye. Thank you for listening to Main Street Vegan. Join us every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central Time as Victoria Moran entertains, educates, and inspires you on your vegan journey. This program is sponsored by Main Street Vegan. To learn more about Victoria or to explore training with Main Street Vegan Academy as a vegan lifestyle coach, go to www.mainstreetvegan.net. That's www.mainstreetvegan.net. notice how the funniest things happen when we stop taking ourselves too seriously and step out boldly listen to funniest thing with daryl and ed as these unlikely saints administer a refreshing dose of laughter and love that will inspire you to step out boldly and experience the funniest things join the discussion with daryl and ed live every wednesday at 5 p.m central time on funniest thing only on unity online radio the voice of an awakening world Inspiration only takes a moment. As Reverend Felicia Blanco Cerce points out in her book, Do Greater Things, there is the potential for joy, wholeness, and expansiveness designed into every moment. And the miracle is when we recognize the constant presence of these qualities all around us. Once we see what is possible, our lives then begin to change. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. Do you experience the peace and joy promised by A Course in Miracles? Or are you still struggling to truly live your beliefs from moment to moment? Let Rev. Jennifer Hadley help you focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application, by walking your talk. Experience the healing live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Central on A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. You've seen reality TV. Well, now get ready for reality radio. It's raw, unpredictable, and completely unscripted. Healing Your Life with Dr. Chris Michaels follows the lives of four people each season as they face their fears and overcome challenges. Listen in weekly and follow along as they take each faithful step on their journey. Learn what it takes to really heal your life. Dr. Chris Michaels shows you how to expect specific and measurable results from prayer. He says we must place a demand upon consciousness. We don't hope to get what we pray for. We expect it. 
As a 25-year veteran in the New Thought Movement, Dr. Chris has helped thousands of people find their way to success and healing. His faith is unshakable, and his commitment to helping others heal through the power of prayer is extraordinary. Don't miss Reality Radio, Healing Your Life with Dr. Chris Michaels, live Mondays at 11 a.m. Central Time on Unity Online Radio. We talk to the animals, and we know you can too. On the Animal Communication Podcast, hosted by the three of us, myself, Julie Heert, Karen Dendy-Smith, and Meredith Tolleson. We will show you how to deepen your relationship with your beloved animal companions, whether they're alive or in spirit. As soul-level animal communicators, we explain the process and explore topics such as health, behavior, and play, all from the animal's perspective. So subscribe and follow us on Apple, Spotify, and listen as part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network.